I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Breaking Down Bad Books, a podcast analyzing trashy bestsellers from a literary perspective. And today we're looking at chapter six of Breaking Dawn Distractions. And so where we left off, Bella and Edward were boating towards an island and Bella didn't realize it was an island until she got right up to the island and she was like, oh my God, that's an island. (laughs) Anyway, it's Isle Esme. It's their own little private island off the coast of Rio. It's lovely. The water's like a bath. They went skinny dipping and then they got to business and we didn't get to see it. And she woke up with bruises all over her body, but she was more concerned about the the pillow feathers in her hair, just crusted into her hair. She was really stressed about that. The bruises, not so much. And Edward was like, we're never having sex again until you're a vampire. So now he can't wait to turn her into a vampire. And so I don't know if any of you guys are on the Twilight shitposting Facebook group. If you are, it's worth a little look. Lots of people posting opinions about Twilight in the year of our Lord 2023. There's memes, there's hot takes. It's an enjoyable page. And I saw one where someone had screenshot a post from Joanna Kennedy in the shitposting group on August 30th, 2022. And they said, if Eddie was so worried about his strength and hurting Bella during hanky panky, why didn't he do what most peen owners I've danced the Wango Tango with do and just lay there while Bella practiced scooching a chair up, withholding the ice PP instead of thinking of logical solutions, unless he was afraid he'd thrust her into the ceiling. These things keep me up at night. And boy, the discourse on that post, So many good points have been brought up. And I don't know if I actually thought last week recap and last chapter, if I I thought, hey, why is she not just on top? But apparently that's what people on the internet think. And they're thinking, well, just go on top, Bells. Have him lie there and not have his hands all over you. You'll be less likely to get bruises. And God damn it, if that logic just doesn't make so much sense. And one of the comments is so good. It's quite long, so I'm not going to read it all out. But they were talking about how some authors are able to write from different viewpoints and others aren't. And Stephanie Meyer, she can't. They say, it seems the notion of Bella being on top and thus in the position of active control during sex legitimately does not seem to have occurred to Maya, which is just so funny. And then other people are asking the questions that we all have. Like, what I want to know is how can he get a boner without blood flow? Don't vamps not really have blood? So like, maybe he was just embarrassed of a micropene. Oh God. Someone says, Edward, (laughs) Edward says this was all about fear of hurting her, but like all repressed people, he was merely afraid of putting his uncooked hot dog between some toasty buns. Great content. Great content. A lot of people just saying that 
They assume Stephanie Meyer only thinks missionary exists. God, this is hilarious. Someone else suggested chaining up Edward, restraining him so he wouldn't hurt her. I mean, great suggestions. And I do think if Edward and Bella were going into this dead set on having sex while she's still human, they should have spitballed and brainstormed some of these ideas. So sorry to get us sidetracked. I just thought I had to share that because yeah, there's some beautiful commentary on that page. Go and read the post. It's so funny. But for now, let's get into this chapter. So the chapter's titled Distractions, and it's all about Edward distracting Bella from sex. So she says, my entertainment became the number one priority on Isle Esme. We snorkeled, we explored, we visited parrots, we watched the sunset, we swam with porpoises, which all sounds well and good. It sounds like a wonderful honeymoon, but she's getting tired out from all the activities. (laughs) So they're not going home and having sex. For me, I'm just thinking that's a lot of sunlight for Edward to be out and about shimmering and glittering and shining around. Like I know it's like an exclusive island, but are there not other islands nearby being like, what is that? What is that weird light in the distance? No one on a nearby island has binoculars. No one at the top of Christ the Redeemer is looking out with a telescope, just being like, what's this flashing light in the middle of the ocean? I don't know. I don't know. She says, whenever I try to talk him into taking it easy with one of the million DVDs under the big screen plasma TV, he would lure me out of the house with magic words like coral reefs and submerged caves and sea turtles. So she's like, I know what's going on. He doesn't want me inside watching a movie because I'll get handsy. But all right, they've got a million DVDs. A million at their holiday house on an island, a tropical island. Why did they stock that house with a million DVDs? That doesn't seem practical. Have, have there been a million movies produced into DVDs? I mean, I guess she's exaggerating. I don't know how they would have been able to store a million DVDs, but it's interesting to me. So like what, Carlisle and Esme just come and hang out here every now and then and watch movies? They go all the way out to Isle Esme to watch a few films? She says, we were going, going, going all day so that I found myself completely famished and exhausted when the sun eventually set. You know, you don't have to do everything he tells you. Just say, hey mate, I don't want to go and swim with turtles today. I want to stay in. And if he pushes the subject, you'll just be like, I'm your fucking wife, do what I say. I don't think she ever considered the possibility that she can tell him no, because she doesn't seem to ever think about it. She just went, oh yeah, he wants to distract me. So I guess I'm getting distracted. She says, I drooped over my plate after I finished dinner every night. Once I'd actually fallen asleep right at the table and he'd had to carry me to bed. Okay, that's not sounding like exhaustion from going canoeing. That sounds like you've got a little demon spawn baby inside of you sapping out all of your life force. I said last week that the foreshadowing about little baby ring around a Rosie, it's, it's happening. And this chapter, it's, it's becoming even more obvious that something's up. And she says another part of it was Edward always made too much food for one. Why? I don't know. But I was so hungry after swimming and climbing all day that I ate most of it. So she's eaten for two. Like I get Stephanie Meyer wanting to do like a few little sneaky little bits of foreshadowing, just like a little bit of a hint at her being pregnant, but she's literally saying Bella's eating for two. And it's like, okay, we get it. But she's like, oh, it's all part of Edward's plan. He's getting me full. He's getting me tired. And now I can't even try and rub up against him. She says, I did try. I tried reasoning, pleading, grouching, all to no avail. I was usually unconscious before I could really press my case far. And then she's been having all these dreams. She said she's been having nightmares mostly, made more vivid, I guessed, by the two bright colors of the island. What? (laughs) Is that how nightmares work? What? I like how she's making an educated guess about why she has nightmares. And the best thing she can come up with is that 
the island's too colorful. <laughs> it wasn't colorful last night when everything was bleached white by the moon. And she's saying that because of these nightmares, she's waking up tired. Like, Dal, you're, you're pregnant. It's either that or COVID. And I don't think COVID was around back then. So I think you're up the duff. So she says about a week after they got to the island, she tried to compromise. She said, I was sleeping in the blue room now, not the white room because of the feather getting. She said the cleaning crew wasn't due until the next day. And so the white room still had a snowy blanket of down and the blue room was smaller, the bed more reasonably proportioned. Okay, great. I find it a bit odd that they're only getting the cleaning crew in like after a whole week of them being there. You can afford a private island, but you can't afford to get staff. Like, I don't know. I wonder how much of a mess they've made so far. Clearly a lot, considering she can't even sleep in the white room. And I like how she said, I'm sleeping in the blue room because Edward doesn't sleep. And even though she was bitching and moaning and cursing out Alice's name about the lingerie, she's like, you know what? I've been wearing some of the lingerie. But even while admitting that she's been wearing it, she's still bitching about it. She says, I've taken to wearing some of Alice's lingerie collection to sleep in at night which weren't so revealing compared to the skimpy bikinis that Alice packed. And she's like, I wonder if she'd seen a vision of why I would want such things. Oh, how dare she pack me bikinis and I'm going on a tropical holiday. Oh, so she said she'd started out trying some of the innocent ivory satins, but Edward seemed to notice nothing. (laughs) She said, as if I were wearing the same ratty old sweats I wore at home. (laughs) Okay. When you're describing your own clothes as ratty old sweats, it's time to get rid of them. If they're ratty, get rid of them. There's no shame in buying a new pair of sweat spells. She loves those ratty old sweats, doesn't she? Um, so yeah, Edward's got his brand new wife. She's wearing sexy nightgowns and he's not even complimenting her on them. What an asshole. And because it's been a week, she said the bruises were much better, yellowing in some places and disappearing altogether. So now that she's got less bruising, she's like, I'm gonna wear one of the skimpier pieces of lingerie. She said it was black, lacy and embarrassing to look at. (laughs) And so she walks out there and she said, I had the satisfaction of watching his eyes pop open wide for just a second before he controlled his expression. You know, vampires, they don't have any poker face. They give everything away. And she goes, what do you think? And she does a little spin and he goes, yeah, you look beautiful. (laughs) And she goes, okay. And then she's like, well, I'm too tired anyway. So she just goes into bed all of this effort. And she's like, well, I'm too tired. I'm going to bed. I don't care if I'm wearing a sexy black lingerie. And then he has to cuddle her to sleep because it's hot. She says it was too hot to sleep without his cool body close. Get a fan, get aircon. She acts like it's impossible to go to sleep in the country of Brazil, unless you're hugging a vampire. Guess what? Millions of people do it every day. And so she's like, I'll make you a deal. And he's like, nah. And she goes, really? You're not even good. And he goes, nah. She goes, fine. Oh, all right. Well, Dang, I really wanted, um, ah, well. And that piques his interest. He's like, oh, what does she want? She wants something, I've got to give it to her. And he goes, okay, well, what what do you want? And she says, well, I was thinking that the whole Dartmouth thing was just supposed to be a cover story, but honestly, one semester of college probably wouldn't kill me. Charlie would get a thrill out of it. It might be embarrassing if I can't keep up with all the brainiacs, but still 18, 19, it's really not such of a big difference. It's not like I'm going to get crow's feet in the next year. You gotta be kidding me. She has been bitching and moaning and having night terrors about aging faster than him. She has been complaining when he's tried to get her to stay at uni and not become a vampire. She has been such a stroppy little thing and now she's changed her mind because the sex was good. She's trying to manipulate him. 
because she knows that's what he wants. So I don't know if she actually wants this or if she's pretending, but she's actually willing to put off becoming a vampire for another six months just to convince him to try and stick that ice penis back in her. And it's like, do you get Bella that when you become a vampire, the sex is probably going to be better? She's all thinking like, oh no, I'll be a crazy newborn for a few years so we won't be able to root all the time. And it's like, do you know when you're a vampire, years don't matter? It'll go like that. But anyway, so now, now she's going back on what she's complained about for freaking years. And now she wants to go to college to do one semester. What, what are you going to do with one semester, Bells? And also, yeah, you're not going to fit in because you didn't deserve to go to that college because Edward rigged it. Didn't he donate to the school and he forged your like application letters? He did a Felicity Huffman and that woman from Full House to get, to get you into that college. You do not belong there. She's a Nepo baby. <gasps> Bella Swan's a Nepo baby. And so Edward, he's like, wait a minute. You would wait? you would stay human. And she's like, mm-hmm. And he goes, what, what the fuck are you doing to me, bitch? He goes, isn't it hard enough? He goes, no, you know what? No, no, I'm not going to make any deals with you. And she goes, well, I want to go to college. And he goes, no, you fucking don't. I've tried to convince you of that for months and months and months. You don't want to go to college. It's not worth risking your life again. And we're only going to do missionary. So don't even think about suggesting you being on top. That's crazy. And she's like, well, I do want to be human for a little bit longer. And he's like, oh my God, you are driving me crazy. He says, you are making me insane as he closes his eyes and exhaled through his nose. You don't breathe, Edward. You don't need to breathe. He's always breathing performatively. She goes, I have a reason to be human that I didn't have before. What? And he goes, what's that reason? And she says, guess. And she dragged herself off of the pillows to kiss him. She has no clue what she's missing when it comes to vampire sex. I assume it'll be freaking lit. Imagine if you didn't have to hold back doll. Oh, but she's like, yeah, I want to be human so I can bang. Oh, she's so annoying. And he says, you are so human, Bella, ruled by your hormones. <laughs> she goes, yeah, that's the whole point. I like this part of being human. I don't want to give it up yet. And she says she doesn't want to go through years of being a blood crazed newborn before she can have sex again. It's like, you've waited 18 years. Will another three years really kill you? And then she yawns and he's like, go to bed. You're tired. And she goes, yeah, I wonder why I'm so tired. (laughs) And then she says, for as tired as I've been, you'd think I'd sleep better. And he was like, what? You've been sleeping like the dead, Bella. You haven't even talked in your sleep because, you know, she famously talks in her sleep. He says, if it weren't for the snoring, I'd worry you were slipping into a coma. And she goes, huh, that's weird. I haven't been tossing and turning. And he goes, no. She's like, wow. Usually when I have nightmares, I'm shouting. And he's like, oh my God, nightmares. You've been having nightmares. And she goes, yeah, vivid ones. They make me so tired. She goes, I can't believe I haven't been babbling about them all night. And I can't believe you haven't been babbling about them during the day. What, what do they talk about when they're out swimming around? When he's making her breakfast and she's eating breakfast, do they not talk about anything? She's, she's been having these nightly nightmares every freaking day for the past week. And it's never come up. And he's like, what are these nightmares about? And she goes, ah, oh, different things. But it's the same, you know, because of the colors. And then, uh, then she goes into her color theory. She says, yeah, the colors are really bright and real. Usually when I'm dreaming, I know that I am. Do- does she? I feel like we've had a lot of dream sequences with her and she's not been like, guys, I'm dreaming. She's not been flagging it, being like, this is a dream, everyone. She says, with these, I don't know I'm asleep. So it makes them scarier. 
And he asks what she's actually dreaming about and she doesn't really answer him. She's like, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. And really what it is, is she's dreaming about a child. So it might not be a nightmare. It might be a premonition. Good thing someone's having a premonition about your vampire baby because Alice certainly isn't. But she doesn't want to tell him that. So she just says, ah, the Volturi, you know, the Volturi. And he's like, oh my God, you'll be fine, Bella. I'm not going to let them hurt you. And she thinks, oh, it wasn't that I was afraid for myself. I was afraid for the boy. And it's like, yeah, you're never afraid for yourself. You have no sense of self-preservation. You would have died 15 times over in this series if it weren't for other people stopping you from actively getting killed. And she says it wasn't the same boy as that first dream she had, the vampire child with the blood red eyes who sat on the pile of dead people that she loved. This one she'd dreamed of four times in the last week was definitely human. His cheeks were flushed and his eyes were wide, but just like the other child, he shook with fear and desperation as the Volturi closed in on them. And in this dream, she just simply had to protect the unknown child. There was no other option. So it's interesting that she's already misgendering the child because I'm assuming this is some sort of telepathic link or something that's starting to form with little revolving restaurant in her belly. And so he's like, okay, I'll sing, I'll sing to you your lullaby so that I can keep the bad dreams away. And she's like, yeah, okay. Like what? I don't want to go to bed with someone singing me a lullaby. I'm not too. And she goes, yeah, the dreams, some of them are nice, really colorful. Oh, the colors again. She says, underwater with the fish and the coral. It all seems like it's really happening. I don't know that I'm dreaming. Maybe this island is the problem. It's really bright here. That's like, fuck, bitch. It's bright everywhere. And again, maybe this is a pregnancy side effect. She's getting vampire vision or some shit. Because, you know, I've been to Rio. It wasn't that bright. There was a lot of overcast days, as I remember. And he says, do you want to go home? And she goes, no, not yet. Can we stay a while longer? And he's like, yeah, we can stay as long as you want. Then she falls asleep. And then later she wakes up in the middle of the night. The dream had been so real, so vivid, so sensory. I guess the colors were bright or something. And she's freaking the fuck out. And so she's gasping. She's like, oh, 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 she's gasping. And he's like, oh my God, what's wrong? What's wrong? And she's like, oh, oh. And she's telling us it was just a dream. It's not real. It's not real. It's just a dream. And then she starts crying. She says the tears are gushing down her face. And he's like, oh my God, what's wrong? And she goes, it was only a dream. It was only a dream. She's sobbing. And he's like, oh my God, it's okay. It's okay. And she's thinking, oh, I wanted so badly for that dream to be real. So it wasn't a nightmare. And he says, did you have a nightmare? It's not real, Bella. It's not real. And she goes, no, it wasn't a nightmare. It was a good dream. And, and he goes, well, why are you crying? And she says, because I woke up. She's so fucking devastated that she woke up. She goes, it was so real. I wanted it to be real. I'm so upset. And he says, tell me about it. Tell me about it. And she says, oh, we were on the beach and then we had sex. (laughs) She doesn't say it so bluntly, but that's what it is. She was dreaming. She was banging Edward. And then she woke up and cried and had this hysterical sobbing fit because it wasn't real. Imagine that. Imagine having a wet dream and then crying because it was just a dream. Are you kidding me, Bells? Like I knew she was horny, but I didn't realize she'd be despondent at waking up from a dream where she was having sex. Uh, uh, That's flawed me. That has gotten me flawed. She's been having nightmares about little vampire babies. Doesn't care, (laughs) doesn't care. Sleeps right through the night, wakes up, doesn't even tell Edward, but she has one little interrupted sex dream and she's like, oh no, what am I gonna do? It's not real, oh, I'm so upset. And so she can't tell him about it. So she just clutches her arms around his neck and starts kissing him. And he's like, oh, Bella, I mean, no, thank you. 
So she gets rejected. That makes her cry even more. And he's like, I can't, Bella, I can't. And she goes, please, 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 Edward, I need you to have sex with me. And so I guess that little guilt trip performance worked because then they do start kissing. And she says, we began where my dream had left off. So then they do have sex. All this fighting for the past week about how he's not going to do it with her. He's not going to make deals with her. She has a sex dream. She wakes up, she gets upset, and then they have sex. Bing, bang, bong. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And so then she's waking up the next day and she's thinking, rot row is probably going to be mad at me because I forced him to have sex with me. It's like, yeah, yeah. It was a pretty dicey situation, Bells. I don't think you should really manipulate people into having sex with you. That's just how I was raised. Like how many times did he say no? And then yet she kept pushing for it. Yikes. So she's saying, I was laying across Edward's chest, but he was very still and his arms were not wrapped around me. This was a bad sign. So, you know, he likes to withdraw affection when he's feeling a little bit over her. She says, I was afraid to admit I was awake and face his anger no matter whom it was directed at today. I think he knows when you're awake. And so she's like pretending to be asleep. She says, carefully, I peeked through my eyelashes. He knows. He can tell by your breathing when you're awake or not. He knows when you're in a REM cycle, idiot. So he's just staring up at the ceiling, hating life. And she goes, how much trouble am I in? And he goes, heaps. And she goes, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. And she goes, I don't really know what was going on last night. Again, because of the baby. I think she's got baby brain. And he says, you never did tell me what your dream was about. And she goes, yeah, I didn't. But I did show you what it was about. And she laughs. And he does not laugh back. He's never laughing with her. And he goes, oh, okay, interesting. And she's like, yeah, it was a good dream. 
am I forgiven? She's just trying to flirt her way back into lightening up the mood. And he's like, I'll think about it. (laughs) He can be so cold and cutting to her. It's so funny. And she sat up planning to examine myself. She says, there didn't seem to be any feathers at least. Okay, so that's a win. She might have five broken bones, but at least there's no feathers. All the pillows were unharmed. But then as she moved, an odd wave of vertigo hit. And she's like, whoa, head rush. And he's like, what's going on with you? He says, you slept for a long time, 12 hours. And she's thinking 12, (laughs) that's pretty strange. It's like, yeah, there's a demon spawn inside you. How are alarm bells not ringing? I I get that Bella's an idiot, but Edward would be thinking something's up. If not pregnant, at least the Zika virus or something. So she gives herself a once over. She's like, oh, pretty good. Not many bruises. This is great. And he says, is the inventory complete? And she nods sheepishly. She thought that she was doing it inconspicuously, looking at her bruises. And it's like, he knows what you're doing. He's a vampire. And she says, the pillows look good. They all survived. And he goes, yeah, can't say the same about your nightgown. I don't know if she knew she was naked or not. And she's like, oh yeah, look at that. And there's these several scraps of black lace strewn across the silk sheets. And she goes, that's too bad. I liked that one. Oh, well then buy it again. Ask Alice to buy you another pair. (sighs) Were the lingerie pieces custom? And then he says, I'll have to buy Esme a new bed frame. And then she looks and she's like, oh wow, yeah, the bed's broken. She is so unobservant. She's freaking oblivious. She's stock checking her own body. And then she notices that there's lingerie thrown all around the room, but she doesn't notice that the bed she's in is broken. She said she was shocked to see that large chunks of wood had apparently been gouged from the left side of the headboard. And she goes, huh, you think I would have heard that? And he says, yeah, you are extraordinarily unobservant when your attention is otherwise involved. And she's like, yeah, I'm a bit (laughs) self-absorbed. And so then he says, how are you feeling? You look guilty, like you've committed a crime. And she goes, yeah, I do feel guilty. It's like, yeah, well, you did sort of manipulate and and con your way into a sexual encounter. But he waves the hand away. He says, you know what? You seduced your all too willing husband. That's not a capital offense. And she's like blushing. And she goes, well, the word seduced implies a certain amount of premeditation. And it's like, what? What do you mean? It's not premeditated. You've been trying to do it for weeks. And he's like, oh my God, fine. Okay, not seduced. Sorry, that was the wrong word. What? And she says, you're not angry. And he goes, nah, I'm all right, actually. I didn't hurt you for one thing. It was easier this time to control myself, to channel the excesses. And he points to the damaged bed frame. And he says, maybe because I had a better idea of what to expect. And she's like, see, I told you. I told you. We just got to practice and then we'll be fine. And she has a point, but also you're running out of bedrooms. Then her stomach growls and he laughs. Oh God, I'd be mortified if my stomach ever made any sound, a peep in front of my partner. And then they laughed up, nah, nah. Lock me away, throw away the key. I don't wanna be seen ever again. And he says, okay, breakfast time for the human. And she's like, yep. And then she stumbles out of bed. Again, because she's got vertigo all of a sudden. She's stumbling out of bed. She had to stagger drunkenly to regain her balance. And he has to catch her before she can stumble into the dress up because she's so clumsy. God, can you imagine Bella fully pregnant? Clumsy as all hell. Spare me. And she says, if I don't have a better sense of equilibrium in my next life, I'm demanding a refund. A refund from whom? So then she cooks, frying up more eggs. She was too hungry to do anything else, anything more elaborate. So she just cooked up a few eggs and then she starts hoeing into them. And he goes, "Uh, since when do you eat your eggs sunny side up? And she's like, since now. And she's just woofing down. 
And he says, do you know how many eggs you've gone through in the last week? And he pulls out the trash bin from under the sink and it's filled with empty cartons. It's like, okay, don't keep tabs on her eating habits, Edward. Like that's rule number one of a happy marriage. Don't point out when your wife's been eating too many eggs. And she doesn't care. She just goes, huh, weird. And she has another bite. She goes, this place is messing with my appetite. Bitch, you're knocked up. And she says, but I like it here. Although we'll have to leave soon, won't we? To make it to Dartmouth in time. What, you had this conversation last night. Did you forget? And he's like, babe, you can give up the whole pretense. You got your way. You don't need to go to college. And she has just changed her mind completely again. I thought before it might've just been a tactic, but now she's like, no, I actually do want to go to college. What? She says, I really do want a little more time being human. I have not had enough. Since when? I think little Renaissance is messing with her mood and with her brain chemistry. But Edward, he's not gonna look a gift horse in the mouth. He's like, okay. He says, well, I should have known all along that sex was the key. Why didn't I think of that before? I could have saved myself a lot of arguments. And she's like, yeah, probably. As she's just continuing to eat a million eggs, like she's Gaston like she's bulking for a triathlon. And he's like, so we're really going to Dartmouth? And she's like, yep, I'll probably fail in one semester though. And he goes, I'll tutor you. You're gonna love college. So he's getting all jazzed about it. And she says, well, we'll be able to find an apartment. It's getting pretty late. And he's like, well, we already own property there. And she's like, oh, geez, you have a house in Dartmouth? Oh no. And he's like, yeah, it's a good investment. I like real estate, get off my back. Then they joke about how she needs to keep her before car for a bit longer because of all the danger at Dartmouth. They make a vague plan to stay a few more weeks on the island. Then they can go and visit Charlie. Then they can spend Christmas with Renee, blah, blah, blah. She has a brief moment where she remembers Jacob exists. And then she thinks 18 or 19, 19 or 20, did it really matter? I wouldn't change so much in a year. And being human with Edward, the choice got trickier every day. What? She was having panic attacks about aging when she turned 18. Remember all the drama about a birthday party where she got that paper cut? Last night she was saying six months, now she's saying 19, she's saying 20. This little baby is messing with her head. And I think I like baby brain Bella less than I like normal Bella. And I know people hate how one third of this book is from Jacob's POV, but I'm kind of at this point thinking, great. I don't think I could stand a whole book full of Bella's POV when she's got this baby brain. And so then Bella's like, okay, so what we were saying earlier about practice, maybe we could do a little bit of practice. And then he says, oh, actually I hear the boat coming. The cleaning crew are on their way. And she says, I don't hear a boat. And he's like, well, I'm a vampire and I hear a boat. He says, let me go and explain the mess in the white room to Gustavo. So he's going to explain the mess with all the feathers, but not the broken headboard. (laughs) And then we can go out. There's a place in the jungle I want to go to. And she's like, I'm not going to the fucking jungle. I want to stay in and I want to watch a DVD. And he says, fine, fine. Why don't you go and pick out a DVD while I get the door? And Bella says, I didn't hear a knock. And he goes, I'm a vampire, bitch. I have super hearing. What is not getting into your head about that? And then there's a knock at the door and she's like, oh, he was right. (laughs) Why would you second guess the vampire? And so he's actually gonna go and explain to this cleaning crew. Oh, excuse the mess in the in the white room where, where all the pillows are destroyed. Oh, and also the headboard's broken in the blue room. Like they're gonna think someone's getting abused or if someone's held there against their will. I'd be raising an alert. If I was Gustavo, I'd be like, okay, sure, Mr. Cullen, 
see you later, calling up the police as soon as I'm out of that fucking house. I'd be finding Bella and saying, blink three times if you're in trouble, you know? But okay, I guess Edward's going to sweet talk his way out of it. So she goes to the big TV. She wanders over to the shelves under the big TV and starts scanning through the titles. Remember, there's a million DVDs. She says it was hard to decide where to begin. They had more DVDs than a rental store. What? What? You've already told me that there's shelves underneath the big TV inside this house, right? The shelves can't be that big. I've been to DVD rental stores, which is a store full of shelves, presumably shelves that are bigger than these shelves, but she thinks they've got more DVDs than a rental store. I don't think this is baby brain. I think she's just a freaking idiot. So Edward's then walking these two Brazilians around. She's getting a look at him. She says the two Brazilians looked incredibly short and dark next to him. Okay, <laughs> that's a, whew, that's an odd way to describe a couple of characters. Whew. She says, one was a round man, the other a slight female, both their faces creased with lines. Okay, so they're old. She says, the little man smiled at me politely. Okay, brace yourselves. But the tiny coffee-skinned woman didn't smile. Ooh, kind of wish you didn't describe her as coffee-skinned. Ooh, don't love that. (sighs) Don't love that at all. And so she's staring at Bella with a mixture of shock, worry, and wide-eyed fear. And then it says, before I could react, Edward motioned for them to follow him toward the chicken coop and they were gone. So they have a chicken coop, which is presumably producing all these eggs. But last chapter, when she was like, wow, look at all these eggs. He was like, yeah, I had the cleaning crew drop food off, implying that the cleaning crew did groceries. But now, now the eggs are coming from a chicken coop. What a twist. That does explain why there's so many eggs. Doesn't explain why they're all being stored in cartons, because he inspected the bin and it was full of egg cartons. Lots going on with the egg situation on Isle Esme. We're gonna need to do a real big deep dive into that if we can. So then Edward comes back, he's alone, and she goes, what's with her? Talking about the coffee-skinned woman. And he says, ah, you know, Quare, Quare's part Takuna Indian. Okay. She was raised to be more superstitious than those who live in the modern world. Okay. Okay, I'm feeling trepidatious about this. She suspects what I am or close enough. They have their own legends here. The Libishurman, a blood drinking demon who preys exclusively on beautiful women. Oh, well, that rules out Bella. (laughs) Bella's safe. Oh, but Bella doesn't take that as a diss. She thinks beautiful women only, hey. She goes, well, that was kind of flattering. (laughs) And she says, well, that coffee skinned woman, she looked terrified. And Edward goes, oh yeah, she is. But mostly she's worried about you. And she goes, me? And he's like, yeah, bitch. She's afraid of why I have you here all alone. And yeah, because the house has been trashed as well. Even if she doesn't suspect that Edward's a demon, there's cause for concern. And then Edward's like, all right, well, pick out a movie. Let's watch a movie. That'll convince them that we seem human. (laughs) Is it not bright outside? Like again, she says it's bright. I assume it's sunny since it's the middle of the day and it's been established in the text that he does shimmer like a diamond when it's bright out. But I don't, I don't think anyone else remembers. Am I being gaslit? I remember that being a thing. Are all of these memories that I have of Edward shimmering, are they false memories? What's going on? She's already described at this house how half of the walls are glass walls. 
Are they made out of special glass that filter and block out all the UV rays, maybe? Is that, is that what it is? I don't know, but he's not glimmering. Because if he was glimmering while he's walking around as a chicken coop, yeah, no wonder she's suspicious. No wonder she thinks he's a demon if he's sparkling out by the chicken coop. I don't think it's overcast. They haven't mentioned it being overcast. Oh, oh, this book. So then she starts making out with him. She says, movie schmovie. They're making out. Then she hears a gasp and he puts her down because there's Quare. She stood frozen in the hallway. Feathers in her, okay, she's wearing feathers. A large sack of more feathers in her arms. An expression of horror on her face. She stared at me, her eyes bugging out as I blushed and looked down. Then she recovered herself. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry. So they're feathers from the bedroom. We're thinking they're the pillow feathers. For a second there, I was thinking that she was wearing feathers in her head because she's indigenous. So I guess as soon as anyone enters the white room, you get attacked by feathers and you just have feathers stuck in your hair for the rest of the day. Anyway, so she's like, oh, fuck. And so she walks out. I don't know why she's so shocked. Maybe she did see Edward Glimmer, but like she's already seen Bella. She'd seen Edward and now she's seen them hook up and she's like, ah, all spooked out that they're kissing. And it's like, what'd you think they were doing in this house alone with, with broken beds for the past week? What did you think they were doing? Playing Scrabble? So Quare turns her dark eyes away and continued down the hall. Okay, dark eyes. Okay. She was thinking what I was thinking, wasn't she? Bella says. And he's like, yep. Then they put on a movie and she goes, here, put on the movie. We'll pretend to watch it. Why, why are you going to pretend to watch it? Just watch the fucking movie. She says it was an old musical with smiling faces and fluffy dresses, but she doesn't know what it is because she's pretending to watch it. And so Bella says, will we move into the white room again? And he goes, I don't know. I've already ruined one headboard in the blue room. Maybe we don't go on another bed because then I'll break that bed. And I think two broken beds is too many broken beds. So they're happy to just continue sleeping in the broken bed. Maybe stop breaking the bed. Have sex on the floor. He says, if we limit the destruction to one area of the house, Esme might invite us back someday. And they have a little laugh about that. And she goes, oh, so there will be more destruction. And he's like, maybe. He goes, I think it might be safer if it's premeditated rather than if I wait for you to assault me again. Okay. He's joking about it being an assault, but I mean, it's a very serious matter. I think, I think it was virgin on it. And she's like, yeah, it would only be a matter of time. She says, as her pulse was racing in her veins. And he goes, is there something wrong with your heart? And she's like, what? No, healthy as a horse. Okay. (laughs) Random, right? But I think he's starting to hear like a little fetus heartbeat or something. Well, actually, if that's the case, he should be, again, more freaked out. But she goes, no, I'm healthy as a horse. And he goes, okay. (laughs) So if you really did hear something, like maybe ask a follow-up question. And so she's like, maybe we should go to the bedroom. And he goes, ah, Gustavo and Quare are still here. And she's like, oh yeah, them. (laughs) Oh, the baby brain, the baby brain is real. So she says, Gustavo and Quare moved quietly through the house while I waited impatiently for them to finish and tried to pay attention to the happily ever after on the screen. But then she's starting to get sleepy. And then she's like, but how can I be sleepy? I've already been asleep for half the day. And then Gustavo and Quare, they leave. And she's like, does that mean we can root? And he goes, how about you have lunch? You little sex pest, have lunch. And she's like, oh, fine. She goes, I am pretty hungry, actually, even though she just ate like 13 eggs. So then when she finally feels full, she goes, this is getting out of hand. I think she's thinking like, wow, I'm eating a lot, but no one's really questioning why. And he's like, cool. Well, how about we go for a swim with the dolphins this afternoon to burn off the calories? Okay, mate, you're a vampire. You're frozen in time. You don't get to talk about burning off calories. And she goes, I've got a better idea for burning off calories. And he's like, what was that? 
And she says, well, there's an awful lot of headboard left. And then he sweeps her into his arms. And then he kisses her and carried her with inhuman speed to the blue room. And that's the end of the chapter. And they're going to presumably bang again without us getting to read about them banging. Can you give us at least one sex scene, please, Steph? She's always cutting away. Ah, so Edward really changed his mind really quick. He was so like, I'm never going to harm you ever again. Neck minute. He's like, all right, let's go break another bit of a headboard. It's nice to see our characters evolve and change, isn't it? If you have any thoughts on this latest chapter, let me know. You can also head over to Patreon at patreon.com slash breaking down bad books to get access to the Fifty Shades Freed content. Things are heating up over there. It's almost over. Anna's also got baby brain, but less demonic. Lots of similarities. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Send your burning thoughts, frustrations, and grievances on this latest chapter of this shitty book to breakingdownpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at podbreakingdown and Instagram at breakingdownbadbooks. You can visit www.breakingdownbadbooks.com for all the listen links, contact information, merch, and more. To support the show on Patreon and gain access to exclusive ad-free bonus episodes, visit patreon.com slash breakingdownbadbooks. Ratings and reviews on your preferred podcast platform are also a fun, free way to support the show. Breaking Down Bad Books is hosted by me, Nathan Brown, who you can follow on Instagram and Twitter at NathanBrown90. Thanks for listening and happy reading. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.